Hi, I'm Matthew McCabe. Welcome to Miracle Voices. Each episode, my co-host Judy Scutch Whitson and I will be delving into stories of forgiveness, healing, and transformation that have come about from integrating the principles of the book A Course in Miracles. If you want to learn more about A Course in Miracles, visit www.acim.org. If you'd like to visit Miracle Voices site, please go to www.miraclevoices.org. Now here's your program. I'm Matthew McCabe, a Course in Miracles student, co-host of this podcast, and also volunteer and contributor to the Foundation for Inner Peace, which is the publisher of A Course in Miracles. If you have never heard of A Course in Miracles, here's a quick summary. A Course in Miracles is a universal, metaphysical, self-study program of spiritual psychotherapy. Its goal is to awaken us to the truth of our oneness with God by removing the obstacles that block our awareness of love's presence, which is our natural inheritance from God. I'm pleased to welcome my co-host, Judy Scutch Whitson, to the podcast today. Judy is chairperson of the board of directors and co-founder of the Foundation for Inner Peace, and also one of the original four that made the commitment to publish and distribute A Course in Miracles. Judy, how are you doing today? I'm doing just great, Matthew. Great. Well, that was a mouthful there I just I put out there. I, I gave a little summary of A Course in Miracles, but for people that you know, they're coming to this podcast from different points. They may have heard of it a little bit. Some uh, know a lot, but maybe you could just talk a little bit about what A Course in Miracles is. Oh, I'd be glad to. A Course in Miracles helps us attain peace of mind. Its purpose is to show us a totally different thought system than the one we ordinarily hold. And I'll call our ordinary state of mind the ego as the Course does, and tell us, tell myself as well as you, that we are advised that we have two thought systems going on at once. One is an erroneous one, which we made up, that causes us to live in a world of form, which has chaos, unhappiness, death in it, and no inner peace. And the other part of our minds which is not the ego, is connected to our creator, what the Course calls God. In that sense, we are of two minds, literally. How do we attain inner peace? We need to correct the mind that is mistaken. How do we do that? Through our constant advisor, our internal guide, our higher teacher, also called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the Course in Miracles is defined as the voice for God, not of God, but for God, meaning that it is our connection to our Creator, and it acts in that sense. It knows everything we need to know and gives to us about how we can heal our misperception, that we are born, that we live in misery, some joy, some happiness, and then we die. Rather than we are eternal, we are always one with our creator and all the separated selves that we see on earth are one with us. Course calls that the son of God. So that's a lot to say in the beginning, but you understand what I'm saying is the course is a non-dual system of thought. We, in our daily minds, we are duality. We think of spirit and body or spirit and ego as separate. 
actually we are spirit, period. And that's what the Course teaches us. Judy, I think it might be helpful for listeners to just talk about how the inspiration for the podcast came to you. Would, would you mind sharing? I'd be glad to. Uh, doing this series of webinars and still are a foundation for inner peace uh, has a discussion we call Let's Discuss various aspects of the course, and we try to do at least one a month. And uh, it occurred to me that I knew very little about podcasts, and I had many people telling me some excellent podcasts they had heard, they had heard and it felt as if there was very strong, I would say, compulsion or inner guidance that we should start this, and not knowing how to at all, I hoped that someone would come who did, and it turned out Matthew, a very good friend, uh, has had experiences with podcasts, and he and I decided to be a team, for which I'm very grateful. Maybe you could just kind of talk about the themes you were feeling you'd like to, to get out there. Basically, I feel that this podcast series hopefully will be one of uplift, something one can listen to and feel glad and feel joy as we go through the opportunity of telling the stories of various people who will indeed be themselves telling their own of forgiveness in their lives. And what we mean by forgiveness is not just, oh, telling someone that you accept him or her, even though he or she hurt you. That's not the way a course describes forgiveness, but rather the theme of forgiveness, which is the correction of misperception. And what do I mean about the correction of misperception? If we see someone else as separate and we see someone else as erring against us, and if we see ourselves as attacked, we really need to stop and reconsider how we can see the situation in another way. How can we correct our perception of this individual with whom we're having a difficulty? Yeah. Therefore, A Course in Miracles, which is geared for that, forgiveness is its center. Forgiveness, it says, is the key to happiness. It tells us exactly how to do this. And so we would like to share people's stories which illustrate this. And hopefully they will touch someone out there who's listening, some chord of recognition, some feeling of deep intimacy where they can do the same thing with someone in their lives with whom they have not had a good relationship. A Course of Miracles is about relationship. That's what distinguishes it from many other spiritual paths. And so it's relationships we will be talking about. Yeah. And you've uh, helped me and my wife both um, in the relationship department, because sometimes it just feels like like Mount Everest. Like, how am I going to get over this? It seems so big. There's so much pain or there's a backstory and it just seems like there's no way that this, uh, the, 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 all the pain around this relationship can dissolve or be healed. Um, but you're saying, you know, that's where a miracle comes in. You know, maybe could you, could you talk a little bit about what a, a miracle means to you and how you think about how its healing properties and so forth? Actually, miracles and forgiveness go together. Okay. So a miracle to me is something that happens that shifts one's feeling, one's attitude, 
where it has been negative before to something that is not only positive, but all-inclusive and full of love. And so if you thought of somebody in one way and you asked for help and guidance and how to deal with it, the miracle is the evidence of this. The miracle is the forgiveness happening. I remember after you uh, helped me and uh, one of my stumbling blocks, I, I described it as, uh, you know, I, my mind had this big knot and a big painful knot, and it just felt like the knot was like something got pulled and that whole just knot just went away. And uh, I didn't really have to do anything. It just happened on its own. And I was looking at this knot and saying, how is this going to come undone? And then it just came came out. So I love that comment, Matt. How is this going to be done? Because a lot of people, Course in Miracles students particularly, think there's a particular format that we have to follow. And if we don't follow that particular format, a miracle of forgiveness cannot happen. Well, just asking, how is this going to happen, is acknowledgement that you already have seen the problem, that you recognize it is a problem and that you no longer want it, and that you will ask, how can this be healed? Or put in your own words, how does this really happen? When you're really asking your inner teacher, your higher guide, to help you. And that is the key element in this. You see a problem, you recognize it's there, you do not want it anymore. You want healing in this problem and you ask for help. And that's why it seems so effortless to you because you do not do it. <laughs> right, right. I see the knot there and Holy Spirit, please help me. Yeah, very helpful. So Judy, you and I were talking um when I was out there visiting and you mentioned a story of how there was a strange relationship with your family out East. Um, and it was really a story of just like you were describing earlier of transformation and forgiveness. And I was wondering if you could kind of set the table there and lay the stage of, you know, what the problem was and, and then the, what happened through forgiveness. This happened to me a couple of years ago, Matt. And, uh, I have been studying A Course in Miracles for many years, but it doesn't mean because I've been studying Course in Miracles so many years that one has to wait so many years for wonderful experiences of forgiveness to happen. It's just that I was ready. My daughter and I at the time were studying the workbook of A Course in Miracles together. Now, let me mention again, A Course in Miracles is comprised of three books all in one, and there is a text which sets forth the foundation of the belief system. Then there is a workbook with a lesson a day for 365 days that one must practice, and then there is a manual for teachers, which is not for the teacher outside of you, but for you to turn to the teacher within so that you yourself become a teacher of God. Here we were working on the course together and studying a particular lesson that day. And my daughter and I wanted so much to have healing in our lives with various individuals that we invented a bucket list. Well, actually a bucket in our minds. And in that bucket were all the relationships that we have trouble with. And believe me, there are a lot. And my daughter said to me, 
okay, I am picking so-and-so today, and I am going to practice and meditate on wanting to see the situation differently and asking for help. And she said, what are you, which one are you going to do? And I suddenly realized that I had a whole bunch of people in one group that I felt estranged from, separate from, so much so that I tried not to think of them. And it happened to be my family, not my whole family, but my father's side of the family. And there was a reason why I felt estranged from them. I felt estranged from them because when I was given the manuscript of A Course in Miracles and realized it was my life's work, not only to study and learn it, but to publish it, uh, I believe that this particular part of my father's family felt betrayed. Uh, we were born Jewish, they're Jewish, and they felt that A Course in Miracles, which comes from Jesus, was me straying from a path of Judaism, and they were furious. Uh, they were very judgmental about me until finally I could say I was shunned. Now, I live in California, and they all lived on the East Coast, so I can say that being shunned by a major part of your family when they don't live near you and you're not in touch with them often isn't the terrible punishment, but it was still there, something that was very unhealed. It went as far as my husband and I being in New York, and we actually went to the theater one night, and one of the members of the family was sitting right behind us, and his wife grabbed me in happy recognition, and she was told, don't touch them, don't look at them, you don't see them, they are not here. Well, was it hurtful? Yes. It was, but not so much so, because as I said, the next day I went back to California. But that was still very much in my mind. So on this particular day, my daughter and I decided that we would pick the various individuals or individual from our bucket list. And we said we would say our lesson together, which we did. And it happened to be forgiveness is the key to happiness. And then we hung up the telephone because we were on a phone and she did her quiet time and I did mine. And in my quiet time of meditation and prayer, I realized I was ready for this to be over. I did not want the separation any longer. I didn't want this sense of darkness or even fear when I thought of me being so far away, both literally and figuratively, from an important part of my father's family. And I asked the Holy Spirit for help. And what I said in my mind was, I would like to see this differently. Would you please help me now? And then I closed my eyes and kept them closed for as long as I felt comfortable thinking of nothing. And then I opened them. And I went into my husband, whose office was in the next room, and I said, guess what I just did? And I told him the story I just told you. And he said, that's nice, honey. <laughs> A little while later, maybe less than 20 minutes, I, my computer dinged and indicated another message was coming in. And I opened the message, and it was an email from one of the representatives of my father's family. And he was telling me that it was a family member's 100th birthday, 
and they all got together and decided that they missed me and they would love to have my husband's in my presence at the party, even though it was two weeks away and we might have other plans. They wanted me to know that they were thinking of me and they missed, as they said, my happy face. All I could do was whoop. <laughs> I was not just so excited. I was in tears. And I ran and said, tell my husband. And he said, that's nice, honey. And it was. <laughs> I called my daughter, of course, right away. And we had to discuss this. And she told me that something had happened to her, too, with the person that she was meditating on. But someday I'll let her tell you that. In any event, um, I had to think of how do I answer this email. There was basically no time between the time I received the email and I sent an email back of love as if nothing had ever happened. Just saying how much I'd love to be at the birthday party. I will send something direct to represent us and let's keep in touch and how wonderful it was to hear from them. How did I feel after this? I felt released. I felt relieved. I felt cleansed. I felt joyous. I felt grateful. I felt tearful. I felt it was effortless. I felt I had not done anything, but I felt there was a miracle. Forgiveness is a healing of the perception of separation. I experience the miracle of there being no separation anymore. And Judy, how did you know that you were ready to forgive? How did you know where the time was right? It was just, I mean, you had felt pain in the past. You, you mentioned when you thought about them, it didn't feel good. And you'd done that probably many times. How did you know it was, this was the time you needed to do something? Well, Matt, I have to admit that I hadn't done that many times. I have to admit that I was behind the scenes nurturing separation. I like to say, yeah, my father's family disowned me. It was a story that I was holding on to. And I cannot tell you what the trigger was for me to be ready to let go of that story. It had been many years in coming. But I do think the fact that my daughter and I were studying the course together, which in itself was empowering for me. And I think that we were talking about our bucket list. And I think it was that I remembered I had in my bucket list quite a few people in one group. And I was suddenly ready in that instant to get rid of that feeling of why wasn't I ready before? I don't know. I wasn't, but I was at that moment. And incidentally, that was so powerful a situation for me that ever since then, not only have I kept in touch with my father's family, and it's as if it never happened. It closed over as if it was never there. There was never any animosity, blame, guilt, projection. It never was there. My mind remembers it as an incident, but my heart doesn't feel it. So I think readiness is a very important part of it. There are some 
some situations where you're ready instantly if someone says something to you on the telephone and it seems to be hurtful you could immediately say to yourself oh that person's is probably projecting something's happened to her or him today and and feel compassionate instead of angry and defensive and you'll find out that it's only takes a few seconds why it took so long i don't know i have a theory <laughs> that those stories we keep for the longest amount of time in our lives are the ones that we don't let go of right away and say i'm ready to forgive even though we know all about forgiveness we sort of push them aside and we say not now thank you not now uh, the course talks about the ego as if it is definitely an individual and it helps to think of it that this ego is we made it we made it to keep ourselves separate from god the wonderful thing about it is god does not even know that we have an ego and doesn't recognize that because we're still whole in that particular sonship all together as one but the ego is very strong it's much stronger than we could imagine we've made it and we've made it for a specific purpose we've made it to disguise all the feelings that we have of wholeness and oneness and love and peace and it's very strong adversary because it's made this world to keep it all alive this world is made for the ego to prove to us that we die holy spirit tells us it's not true at all so we have two different thought systems in our minds to choose from and the only way we can rid ourselves of some of these thoughts i find is to ask for help we know about it we study it we're brought to it we ask for help someone once asked me um sum up very quickly what you think a course of miracles is and i wasn't quite prepared for how quickly they wanted a summary but it came to me that the bible says love thy neighbor as thyself but it never says how a course of miracles is the how to book of love very powerful indeed and you know even hearing you describe that story it sounds like you felt much lighter afterwards and you said that it's like it never happened and it was this kind of huge thing in your mind before that but for people that are listening and they're struggling with a relationship and they're saying oh my gosh this like judy's she her situation's great but mine was is so difficult and so much pain and there's so much history and we're both are we're so dug in and entrenched to our story um i don't think i don't think i can do it uh, there's just too much pain. I don't want to broach the subject. I don't want to begin. What would you say for anybody that's kind of stuck there in that pain? Well, you won't be stuck when you want to. Willingness is everything. Most of us, I'm included, of course, don't want to let go of our grievances. It's what defines us. But when we start getting the knack or the habit of asking the part of ourselves that knows better, and call it whatever you will, as the Course calls it, the Holy Spirit or the internal teacher, we can call it the higher source. The name doesn't matter; just the knowledge that it's there. We have to be willing, and you know, 
we don't have to be 100% willing. The Course tells us that the slightest willingness is a good beginning, just sort of like a tested out willingness. I think that as we go along with various people's stories, with them telling them themselves, we'll be hearing from someone whose uh, mother was murdered. We'll be hearing from someone whose daughter was raped. We'll be hearing from someone who was wiped out financially by her business partner. All of these people have their stories of forgiveness. That has to make them feel relieved, as Matt said, lighter. It makes you feel like dancing. And the most important thing about it is you know it's true. When it shifts like that, you wonder, why did it take so long? But that's what time is for, the Course tells us. That's what time is for. So helpful. Thank you, Judy. I think one thing that would also be helpful for listeners before we sign off here is that when um, I came out to visit you in California, um, I was always wondering, you know, you, you mentioned like I uh, you ask for help. You And I also discovered you asked specific questions and for guidance. And when I was there, you, Tam, Bob, and Simone were all present there. And I, I saw, you know, you asked, um, I saw, you know, it was part of a prayer. And I think it's just so helpful for people to understand, you know, how you ask, what you do, what's the process like for when they're struggling with, should I move forward on this? Should I not move forward on this? Can you just describe that a little bit? Yeah. Years ago, actually 1975, when I was introduced to the two scribes of A Course in Miracles, uh, we would sit in my living room in New York City with Dr. Kenneth Wapnick also, Dr. Helen Shuckman and Dr. Bill Thefford with the scribes. And Kenneth Wapnick became a very fine teacher of A Course in Miracles in years to come. Um, but we would sit there and Helen and Bill would guide us in asking. They had obviously done it for many years together while they were taking down the course. It was one of the things they were taught. And they were told to ask anything, no matter how small, ask anything. Now, when I say ask anything, I don't mean, gee, I would love a new car tomorrow. It's nothing in the physical world we're talking about. We're asking to see something in a different way. We're asking for information that is not of our ego mind. We're asking for something of higher self. So therefore, when we were discussing the publication of the course and we were up to choosing its color of the cover, I asked Helen, who actually did the writing, the transcription of the course, what color the cover should be. And she said black. And we all looked at each other and we shrugged because we didn't like that at all. Three against one. She said, no, she wants black. And then Bill reminded her, well, I think we better ask what color should the cover be? We asked and all of us got blue, dark blue, royal blue. And Helen thought about it a second because she got blue too, <laughs> meaning she heard or felt or saw in her mind that color rather than the black that she was choosing without asking. And so we decided, of course, the color had to be blue. And Helen, to get a word in edgewise, said, well, okay then, but dark blue. 
which showed the difference between asking and getting something together uh, and actually wanting the ego to have the last word there. Um, it's a very, very easy thing. It's extremely simple, but hard, I think, for some people to try. And that is to recognize that there is indeed a higher teacher in you. You can call it your own name and say the big self. You can call it anything you want. But there is that that gives you that direct knowledge of how you can better move on in your life, a more peaceful, a more complete, and more fulfilling life by that asking. So there is no one way to ask. Someone once told me that she was in a bookstore and she was looking for a spiritual book in the, in a, on the shelves in the small bookstore she was in. And she didn't know what to choose, but someone had said to her, you know, you really are suffering a lot. You better try some kind of a spiritual path. There are many ways to go. And she stood there looking on the shelf, and all of a sudden she had a clunk on the head. And it hurt because a very heavy book had fallen off the top shelf on her head. And it was, of course, the miracles. And she said, I guess I got my answer. So <laughs> I just want That's to give clear. the variety of asking. You will be getting it in as many different ways as you can absorb. So there is that within you, which I will refer to constantly as the Holy Spirit, which knows exactly how to get your attention. You don't know. One of the first lessons in A Course in Miracles is I do not know what anything is for, and we don't. And so in order to change our minds, and that's what the course is for, it is a mind-changing course. In order to change our minds from fearful, from suspicious, from frightened, to one of happiness, inclusion, and oneness, there's only one way to do it, and that is to make friends with your inner teacher, which only waits to be invited. That's all. It's just waiting for the invitation to help you. Thank you for that, Judy. Before we sign off here, I just thought I might ask, is there one or two in particular go-to passages from the course that you think about often? I find myself kind of going always to when you, when you want only love, you will see nothing else like that. I find that just calming and relaxing and it just comes into my mind a lot. Is there maybe one that you find comforting or inspiring? Well, one of them that I've always loved and turned to is miracles are natural signs of forgiveness. Through miracles, you accept God's forgiveness by extending it to others. See, we need to know that we are already forgiven, that there is no sin. I mean, that is a tremendous concept in our world, to hear something of spiritual value telling you there is no sin, that we made it up, and therefore miracles are natural signs of forgiveness through miracles you accept God's forgiveness by extending it to others, to me, is a way to live. 
Well, Judy, this was an excellent podcast. Thanks so much. This is our inaugural podcast. I'll put in the show notes any ways people who want to reach out and connect. And if you have any questions or something you'd like to hear covered, um, I'll put that in the show notes as well, how you can contact. Um, So thanks so much, Judy, for joining the podcast and sharing your wealth of experience and look forward to the next podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed it, Matt. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to Miracle Voices by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you are enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. And lastly, please visit us at miraclevoices.org and join our newsletter so we can stay connected. Until the next podcast, I want to leave you with my favorite course quote, when you want only love, you will see nothing else. Nothing else.